0: Welcome back to the Hinkle Fieldhouse. Live coverage of Hall Women's Basketball. Rudy, uh, we do have some stuff on our wish list. Starting off with Kelly Campbell, who right now is at 987 career points. Morris, pass half-court. Morris stops to Campbell. Campbell for three. Is that gonna do it? And Campbell gets the three. She's over a thousand points. Well, congratulations to Kelly Campbell on hitting a thousand career points. During her time here with DePaul.
1: A thousand points is a milestone that many players do not reach in the collegiate level. It takes determination, passion, and leadership in order to excel as a player. These qualities were exhibited by DePaul guard Kelly Campbell in her journey to a thousand points. You're listening to the Radio DePaul Sports Talking Possessed podcast. My name is Gina Scioli, the program director. The DePaul women's basketball team is currently 17-2 on an eight-game win streak and are now ranked 11th in the AP poll, the highest they have been since the end of the 2010-2011 season. Over the last week, they are 2-0 with wins over Xavier and Butler on the road. Here with me to discuss DePaul basketball are Abaz Hodwala, general manager, and Jake Cantu, news director.
2: On Friday, DePaul took on Xavier in a game they won, 91-68. Uh, it was a game that DePaul really did a good job sticking to what they're good at. They forced a lot of turnovers, shot a high percentage from three, got into transition, and used their full-court press effectively to turn, into, to turn turnovers into points.
3: On Xavier's side, the turnover ratio was not good in their hands as they committed 24 turnovers uh, that game, leading to DePaul to score a lot of transitional points. Yeah, they ended that game with uh, 25 points off turnovers.
1: It was evident in this game DePaul's ability to get to the free-throw line as strong as ever. They were 16 for 21 with a percentage of 76.2. Very, very strong presence there from DePaul.
2: And continuing a trend we've kind of seen uh, quite a bit in conference play, and I think it really coincides with the return of Deja Church uh, earlier in December and her being very uh, aggressive. Uh, She's a very good driver and... Her being there, it kind of gives you a second player who's going to get that 5-7 to free throw attempts per game, aside from Shante Stonewall. And I think that gives DePaul another
3: dimension and another dimension that they've really needed this year. And in her return, uh, Digit Church against Xavier matched her career high with 16 points and scored and has scored in double figures in uh, the last three consecutive games. So her contribution has been huge for DePaul, especially uh, leading to that trend.
1: DePaul took off in the second quarter versus Xavier with a 12-0 run with a pair of buckets from Shantae Stonewall, two free throws from Deja Church, and a pair of threes provided by Dynamic sophomore duo Sonia Morris and Lexi Held.
2: Yeah, and DePaul wasn't really in, in trouble at all throughout this game. A it little, was a little slow in the start of that first quarter, shooting 30%, 37% from the floor and then 38% from three. But as you said, second quarter, third quarter again, it got a little close. It was about a 10-point lead before they really took off. And by the fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter, they were up by 24. One really nice thing that we like to see and that was really good about this game for DePaul is the shooting
3: percentages being really high. Really good from three, really good from the floor. On that night, the Blue Demons made 13 shots from beyond the arc uh, which means they shot 41.9% uh, from the three-point line. For the game, scoring is pretty even. Uh, Shante Stonewall ended with 22
2: points, 9-17 shooting. Lexi Held had 19, and Sonia Morris had 11. However, there were a few struggles uh, around that sophomore duo, but none
3: of that was Lexi Held. Lexi Held uh, this night matched her season high with five made three-pointers for DePaul.
1: DePaul improved to 16-2 and two after this game. On Sunday, the Blue Demons traveled to Hinglefield House to face the Butler Bulldogs and secured the win with a final score of 80 to 65.
2: The first half of that game was a little tough for DePaul. They were a little bit out of it. They looked a little lethargic, and it was kind of—it uh, was very similar to what they did last year a lot. But for good news, they were—they were getting clean looks on offense, but just not getting them to fall. They were 11 to 35 in the first half from the floor. and then 3 of 18 from the 3 point line, 16.7%. They reverted a lot to shooting the 3, about half their shot attempts were 3 point attempts, and they really just kind of abandoned that inside game.
3: DePaul specifically in the first quarter were not shooting well. Altogether they were 5 of 19, 78.9% from the floor. Their defense took the spotlight though in the first half by forcing Butler into 16 turnovers. Leaving them into prime position to open the floodgates in the second half.
1: In the third quarter, the momentum shifted in DePaul's favor. After halftime, the Blue Demons opened the second half on an eight and three run, extending their lead to forty-four over thirty-three. To close it out, heading into the fourth quarter, DePaul went on another powerful run with seven consecutive points from Deja Church, five in a row for Kelly Campbell, and a made free throw from Hell to increase their more than comfortable lead to sixty-one over forty-one after three quarters.
2: Yeah, and, and I think one of the big things about that that second half and continuing to trend from the first half was uh, Sonny Morris really got going. She scored 11 points in the second quarter after starting off 0 of four had four it was four of eight in the in the se- in the second quarter and then a 4, four of 10 in that second half had 11 points really led to pawn on a night where Stonewall was didn't really perform to her usual standards. And another great thing about that second half is that the defense really, really improved. If you look at the comparison between for, for Butler between the first and second half, they shot 12-24 of 24 in the first half from the floor, 50%. The second half, they were 13-41, 31.7%. So something we haven't seen often from DePaul where the other team was just shooting such an awful percentage for that long of a stretch. That was great to see. And then, of course, the turnovers helped a lot. 16 in the first half, 10 in the second half good for DePaul to you know do what they do best and I think that was really uh, the outcome in this game but I will say and this is one thing that I kind of thought of after the game if they had played like this against a really good team they wouldn't have won they would have had no chance to win this game as of Monday the 20th DePaul uh, in terms of defensive rankings nationally they're third in the nation in turnover margin plus 9.21, eighth in turnovers forced nationally, 22.89, and are currently third in total steals at 235, ninth in steals per game, 12.4. Offensively, eighth in assist turnover ratio, a little bit down after that Butler game, 1.43 assists per turnover, third in total assists, and fifth in assists per game at 19.6. And lastly, they're fourth now in scoring offense, 86 points per game.
1: DePaul remains at the top of the Big East Conference with a perfect 7-0 record with Villanova behind with a five-and-two record in conference play. They're two games back, followed closely behind by St. John's and Seton Hall, both with a record of five-and-three in conference. They are now two and a half games back from DePaul. The top five teams in the Big East are all on a winning streak, whereas the bottom five are all on losing streaks. So DePaul has a very comfortable place at the top. Now switching gears to the men's program. The DePaul Blue Demons hope to secure their first win in the Big East against the then nationally ranked number no. 5 Butler Bulldogs this past Saturday afternoon, which they did so in spectacular fashion. With a final score of 79 to 66, DePaul got their first W in conference play after four straight losses. This was a game to remember for DePaul as this was their first win over a top five team since they beat fifth-ranked Kansas on December 2nd, 2006 at the former home of the Blue Demons All-State Arena.
0: Absolutely, we're underway here. Charlie Moore with the ball, Reed won the tip. So here's Moore driving, rises up, misses the layup. Here's Weems on the left wing. Oh, and it looks like Reed got pushed over by Golden. Moore driving, here's Reed. Reed takes the three. Oh, and he drains it.
1: Brick <laughs>
0: Moore with five seconds. Moore penetrating, kicks it to Weems for three. And ah! here's Coleman Lands at the rim. Gets it to Fall. 4.4 seconds left. And you like to see that. Coleman Lands with 20 points. Here's a three to end it. And the Fall with a 79 66 win.
2: In the first half, DePaul came out strong, starting the game on a 16-5 run, with Paul Reed scoring 11 of that 16. Reed had a monster first half, putting up 18 points on a perfect 6-6 from the floor. After leading by 16, DePaul went cold for a long stretch after Reed checked out with his second foul. A layup by Kamar Baldwin with 4.18 left, followed by a 3 from Jordan Tucker, and another layup by Baldwin, keyed a 7-0 stretch, which prompted a DePaul timeout with 2.51 to go. Another 3 from Tucker narrowed the lead to 4, but DePaul, DePaul followed up as Jalen Coleman-Lands was fouled from beyond the, ar- beyond the arc, and hit the ensuing three free throws. DePaul followed that up with a pair of threes from Devin Gage and Romeo Williams to make it 44 to 34 at the half. DePaul, like Seton Hall before them, took full advantage of Butler's lack of size by getting to the line 18 times in the first half, making 15.
3: To start the second half, the Bulldogs cut the lead to 10, but that's all DePaul would allow as they controlled the rest of the game and would lead as many as 21 points. DePaul would shoot 48.9% from the four, hitting 10 of 17 three-point attempts made. Paul Reed led the way with 23 points, and uh, Jalen coleman lands an Indianapolis native, scored 16 of 20. But it was Jalen Butts who delivered the play of the game in the second half with a commanding slam over Sean McDermott to put the Blue Demons up by 18. Also not to mention, DePaul finished the game with making 15 of 19 from the free throw line, which is 78.9%. And, you know,
2: uh, that that's a very key thing for DePaul. As we've known this year, free throw shooting has been pretty rough. But seeing them do that, uh, seeing them do that against a team like Butler and showing that they can actually hit their free throws uh, was very promising. Uh, for the game, 25 of 32. So that that's perfect. That's exactly what DePaul wants going forward. And after those four losses, building on momentum is just key for DePaul.
1: At this point as Abbas mentioned, they are not known for their free throw shooting. Their season percentage so far up to this point is 65%, which is not what you want to see, but that was not really evident on Saturday.
2: And, and that's 313th in the nation. <laughs> and this is I mean th- this is this is bad. Really bad. 313th out of 350.
3: So very promising. And in the four games that they uh, lost to the Big East um, they lost less than 10 points, which if you hit your free throws, you have a really good chance of, of coming back. Or, uh, again, we saw against Villanova. Before Moore, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> before Charlie Moore missed, missed what he was 6-10 from the free throw line, which was the difference. Mm-hmm. If he had just made his free throws, it, it would have been.
3: And, uh, yeah, and that's the biggest thing. If you, if you hit your free throws, you're going to win the game. Even if you hit two of them, you have a really good chance of even going two of two to start off in the biggies, uh, which makes your record a lot better than... I mean, five losses is not a lot, but you know, coming to we, where we've been now as a team, hitting those free throws is so huge and crucial. And if you're going to want to be in the tournament, you have to hit your free throws. And kind of continuing a trend from last year and earlier this year,
2: not being able to hold on to those late leads, especially against Providence. That was a game they should have won. Probably should have beat Seton Hall too, but they just seemed to uh, lose it at the, end of, at the end of the game. But thankfully... This time they didn't have to do any of that because they just did everything earlier in the game. Didn't have those stretches where they look kind of lost on offense. And I think that's going to be what they want to really key into going forward. Staying hot the entire game and not losing track of the game plan like they did against Providence where they had those five-minute stretches where they couldn't really score. It's going to be
3: key, especially on Wednesday night against Creighton. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Paul Sports talking possess. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at RDP Sports for any updates and be on the lookout every Fridays for a new podcast episode. Again, this has been Radio to Paul Sports Talking Possessed.